Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus drew near Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If this day you only knew what makes for peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes, for the days are coming upon you when your enemies will raise a palisade against you. They will encircle you and hem you in on all sides. They will smash you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another within you because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. The Gospel of the Lord. I want to continue our sort of extended meditation from the book of Maccabees, this theme of religious liberty, this theme of persecution, this theme of decision, all of those things. Uh, And I want to read a a little section again from one of... um, a different book today, probably one of the most important books I've read this year. It's called Live Not by Lies by Rod Dreher. Rod Dreher, as many of you know, he's, he's the one who wrote the Benedict Option. He's quite a prolific author and writer. Um, but he began to notice with his friends whose parents were uh, former members of the communist nations that uh, within the last 10, 15 years, they were in conversation. His friends were noticing that their parents were starting to say things like, um, we're noticing here in the States things that were happening back then before communism really took over. And his friends were kind of blowing it off like, Mom, Dad, calm down. You're just being, you know, extremist. And Rod Dreher began to ask, you know, what if, what if instead of just dismissing their claims, what if we took them seriously as the canary in the coal mine and just asked the question, what are you noticing? What's actually going on? This is one of the most important books. I recommend it highly, but this section here at the end, it's about suffering. And he's talking about how the children of the communists, uh, those who, the children of those who left communist nations, um, they have fallen to what he says a more subtle and sophisticated form of tyranny. He says one that tells them that anything they find difficult is a form of oppression. For these millennials, people around my generation, unhappiness is slavery and freedom is liberation from the burden of unchosen obligations. He says these people would welcome the pink police state. This is the generation that would embrace soft totalitarianism. These are the young churchgoers who have little capacity to resist because they have been taught that the good life is a life free from suffering. They have been taught the faith at all that has been a Christianity without tears. The days to come are the days to come are going to force American Christians to confront personal suffering for the faith in ways that most have never done before. Besides, it cannot be emphasized strongly enough: the old totalitarianism conquered societies through fear of pain. The new one will conquer primarily through manipulating people's love of pleasure and fear of discomfort. We should not conflate being socially or professionally marginalized with prison camps 
and the executioner's bullet, the latter of which were all too real for anti-communist dissidents. But know this too, if we latter-day believers are not able and willing to be faithful in the relatively small trials we face now, there is no reason to think we will have what it takes to endure serious persecution in the future. Quote, without being willing to suffer, even die for Christ, it's just hypocrisy, it's just a search for comfort, says Yuri Sipko, the Russian Baptist pastor. When I meet with brothers in faith, especially young people, I ask them, name three values as Christians that you are ready to die for. This is where you see the border between those who are serious about their faith and those who aren't. When he thinks of the communist past, about Christians who were sent to prison camps and never returned, of those who were ridiculed in the world, those who lost their jobs, even those, in some cases, who had their children taken from them because of their faith, Sipko knows that what gave them the strength to endure, their ability to suffer all for this for the sake of Christ, is what testified to the reality of their unseen God. You need to confess him, he says, and worship him in such a way that people can see that this world is a lie. This is hard, but this is what reveals man as an image of God. I'm going to pause there. I just invite you to read this book, but just looking at the connection between all these things, this connection between this willingness to suffer, like what causes someone to have that willingness? The only thing that explains it is someone who has fallen wildly in love with Jesus, who has actually encountered the real person, who's encountered the real person, who has recognized the time of their visitation. Like this right now, this Mass, this moment, this is the time of our visitation. This is not just one Mass among many. This is the only Mass. I was, I was given a gift when I was first ordained. There was a, like a placard that said, Father, celebrate this Mass <clears throat> as if it would be your last and as if it was your first. And I would encourage all of us to enter into every liturgy the same way. Enter into this Mass as if it's going to be your last. What depth of your heart needs to still be open to Jesus? What levels of seriousness do you need to be present here? Are you present here? Is your heart open? Are you ready to receive him? Because all the love of the Lord is coming. Only those who've recognized their time of visitation are going to be able to do what Yuri Sipko talks about. We need to raise up a new generation. We need to raise up a new generation of Eleazars and Mattathiases. We need people who have fallen deeply in love with Jesus and have seen in him the pearl of great price that's worth selling everything to obtain that pearl. The treasure in the field, it's worth selling everything to obtain that treasure. What does it gain a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Nothing. Once you see the pearl, once you see the treasure for what it is, everything else becomes relativized. Everything else is just fighting for second place. And that's what makes us an indomitable force in the world. Amen.